You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on BingeMedia.net. And now, the Binge Sportscast. Pro sports, pro sports, aren't what they used to be in the season of COVID-19. Bumble playoffs, basketball, hockey, and no fans at the MLB. But when you're talking football, hard-hitting football, you know we talk that shit all night. Cause there's still those same old drunk-ass fanboys who never get their runtime tight. See, the heart of the sportscast is still beating. Cause PJ and TM are still breathing. Now the other sports can go back a seat in. Cause the heart of the sportscast, heart of the sportscast is still beating. Detroit! Jersey! Welcome everybody, Binge Sportscast, week 17 of the NFL, no just kidding, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the NFL playoffs, right? week 17 of the NFL playoffs, no we are here, we are uh, on the precipice. Can I, can I interject, this is how I would have done it, I would have said, woo, Binge Sportscast everybody, the most the most ripped show on the on the big show. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, most, the most shit talked for taking a week off show on the network. The most shit on show on the binge media network. Here we are. Here it is, guys. We want to talk basketball, but we're gonna fucking talk about how much the sport blows. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we uh, we're coming off of the Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend of the NCAA tournament. We are looking at the Final Four. 2021, no major surprises. You know, all those big, hot, uh, you know, number one seeds made it in, no problem. And, um, you know, we'll wait till the weekend. Oh, man. Not the first time a first four has made it, interestingly enough. The second time with UCLA. Uh, I know it's not a topic you're very excited about, but I I mean, we're going to get into it a little bit more later, but I will just say that. I had texted you right around halftime of the Michigan uh, UCLA UCLA game last night, and I said to you, I go, every other top seed in the Elite Eight came out and kind of just, you know, imposed their will and set the tone on these games and really backpedaled the underdogs. And then there was Michigan, and it was just like, fuck. I was so, I mean, I didn't bet on them or nothing, but I was very disappointed. Um, do you recall the, the, I'm sure you do, probably your, I think it was before you played the two Michigan States back to back when you lost at Minnesota pretty bad. And yeah. I texted you and said, what the hell was that? And you said, Hey, it happens. Yep. Well, oh, yeah. it happened again at the worst possible time. Well, any time in the tournament would have been the worst possible time, but would you say that was a similar performance? So the difference of the problem was, is that it wasn't necessarily like UCLA doing these amazing things, right? No, like, not, no, not at all. Michigan was playing horrible basketball. So what my, after sitting on it for a day, so Michigan came out on Saturday, no Sunday, it was Sunday, 
Mm-hmm. All the days are all screwed up in the Sweet 16 game against Florida State and absolutely manhandled them. Like literally was, took their balls and slapped them on their forehead. I texted you. I said that was the most dominating performance I've seen in the tournament. Like you just you, yeah. you confused them so bad on defense. They didn't know what they were doing. And you, I mean, every offensive play, if you look like Gonzaga, basically on offense, you move the ball. Yeah. It was incredible. incredible. And then what all of a sudden, so, and we scored, you know, we had like two threes in that game and we had scored, uh, I don't know, 58 of our 80 points in the paint or something. It was something ridiculous. Yeah. All twos. Yep. And so then they come out against UCLA and they, they try to do this right off the top. Their defense is playing well enough. UCLA can't find a shot because their whole team blows except one guy. And yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Michigan tries to kind of do the same thing. And then they're not making shots, you know, and UCLA is playing, you know, good defense. Their, their, their hands are busy and, you know, they're, they're getting swats and steals and, but then Michigan just continues to try to play this game that they were successful with against Florida state but isn't the game that they were successful with all year long. They were successful against Florida State. Yes, they got a lot of points in the paint, but they were, like you said, they looked like Gonzaga. They were, they were running their offense for 20 seconds. They were passing in and, and, and kicking out and, and getting guys on sweeps, getting guys on cuts and uh, you know backcourt or back cuts. And then they go to US, UCLA, and it's like, dump the ball down in the post or, you know, make one pass and have a guy drive to the hole and lose. But like, they just weren't doing what, what made them successful against Florida state, but they thought that they could do it without doing what they were doing. If that makes any sense. I think I I understand. Yeah. I think they, yeah, there was a point when they were still up like 17 to 11 and they got a fast break and they were, they, they had the ball on the wing or something and what was it Brooks or somebody was like darting down the lane and they made some like asinine pass and he missed it. He couldn't get the ball fast enough. And it was just one of those things where they were just like, they thought they were hot shit and they didn't think that there was any way they were going to lose that game. And then they didn't score for like seven minutes. And that was it. It was it was a disaster all around. They didn't do anything that they were supposed to do. And, you know, they blew their load against Florida State. Nobody you could s- score. Nobody could score. Wagner was horrible. Um, when, when he's one for eight with two minutes to go, the last thing he should be doing is taking two three-pointers. It's so funny. My father stops over earlier and he's, he, you know, one of our like typical conversations, he looks at me and goes, did you see that game last night? Now in my head, I'm thinking, is he going to tell me this was a great tournament game? <laughs> I just looked at him and I go, oh my God, Michigan was fucking terrible. He goes, oh, the worst. And he just rolls off like three points that you had texted me last night after the game. And I'm like, all right, yeah. Oh my God, it was brutal. Oh, um, yeah, it was really painful to watch. I'm rooting hard for Michigan too. Um I, 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 I don't know if I said it on a previous show. I don't like the coach at UCLA. So 
since the the game again, I mean, I was happy they beat Michigan State because I can't stand Michigan State. But every round since, I've been kind of rooting against them, and it's gotten to the point. Probably halfway through the Michigan game, I'm like, "Fuck!" I mean, th- this is Cinderella. I mean, this is the one. You know, like you just it's and it's the one kid. I, what, uh, Ju, what is it? Ju Ju Johns? Ju Zhang. Ju Zhang. I mean, like you said, one guy had half their points. I mean, you only had 51 points. Um. Just, I, it, the three the three pre, the three previous Elite Eight games were like one you know like I said the higher seed you had Gonzaga you had Baylor and you had Houston who I hate and again cannot believe they won but at least I covered taking uh, Oregon State but you can see the talent and see the seeding and understand they are clearly the better team on the court. I mean, Baylor was just fucking gangbusters in the first half. Just, I mean, I think yeah. there's 86 points in the first half of that game. And then same thing with the Zags. I mean, I took Zags minus five in the first half. I laughed the entire first half. And I was afraid of USC, yeah. but not yeah. against the best team in the country. So going into the Michigan game, I'm looking at some spreads, and I'm like, well, you know what? I think I'm going to bet here. I'm going to bet the first half over. It was 63 points, and I I fully expected UCLA to possibly have a lead, you know, point, point to three points or something, but it was going to be high 30s, like both teams going back and forth. I didn't check in till I think there was probably the second TV timeout, so under 12, and there was like 10 points. And I texted you and I go, what is this trash? And I had yet to watch the game. And then you sent me what was happening. And then I watched the rest of the first half. And it is just the ugliest game of the tournament that I've watched. And it was so disappointing. And I was even going to say to you, but I never got the opportunity. I was going to say, it doesn't matter if you win this game or not. You're fucked here because you're clearly the weakest of the four final four teams because you just something happened in that. And I don't want to say that. I mean, if you got in, you would have had a puncher's chance, I guess, but you well, just weren't the same team that you were in the sweet 16. And that, I mean, that's no. And that's the thing is that's everybody was like going gaga over Michigan after that game saying, you know, like, you know, who is it? Wally Zerbiak on there or whatever. And saying, you know, I said nobody could beat the Gonzaga, but this Michigan team, they might be able to do it. And I'm like, all right, everybody relax first off. And yeah. it well, just no Michigan. I mean, nobody's beaten Gonzaga. Yeah, it's it. And and somebody, my sister in law, you know, who is always busting our balls because my brother's a big Michigan fan. My wife and I, obviously, and right. texted all of us like you know a crying picture. You know, is this you guys today? And in all oh, honesty, it's rude. Yeah, in all honesty, I'm just I wasn't that upset about it because of how poorly they played. Like, if you were, if we played better and we just like couldn't stop UCLA, who also played better, I don't, I, it just, something about this game just didn't, it sucked watching it. It sucked that we had a chance at the end. I mean, it was nice that we had a chance. It sucked that we didn't even, you know, we shot three threes of the last four possessions and all we needed was two points. And, you know, but well, like that, you said, that's it's, a big thing. But that's a big thing there. I mean, the end of the game, you missed your last eight shots. You, every possession, and it, it it reminded me of watching Rutgers against Houston because 
when I had a rooting interest in the tournament that wasn't gambling related, it was Rutgers in, in the uh, round of 32, and they had Houston on the ropes. They basically needed two points in the last five minutes, and they would have won the. I mean, then they would have won the game, you know, and they just couldn't put it in. And that's kind of like how I felt last night. I'm like, oh my god, just get a two basket lead in this game because, as well as Juzan or whatever the fuck his name is was playing. You can tell that if you had a lead, you could bear down on him and you could have locked it up. It, it was unfortunate. But the shots by Wagner were just horrendous. And, I mean, Smith took one of the threes. He should have taken the last three. Anybody else. I mean. Anybody, yeah, and, for well, real. Smith, and Smith mean, was. But he was so good in, in the Sweet 16. Right, but the problem was is in, in, the, in the LSU game, which we squeaked by. I don't want to say squeaked by, but it was a good game, a hard-fought that game. That was a good game. Yeah, that was a, one of the better games in the um, tournament. Sure. Mike Smith was one of the, the detriments to them. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't cover his guys, and he wasn't, he couldn't shoot the broadside of a barn. And then, yeah, in the Sweet 16 game, he was dominant. But in that first half, he was also getting his butt kicked and had four turnover, like in the first half of the UCLA game. Anyway. What was the one, what was the one missed shot? I think it was one of Wagner's or it was Smith's miss three when Brooks rebounded it like at the square and his momentum was pulling him under the hoop, but he tried to bank it. Oh, I thought that was the the, the moment you guys are going to at least tie it up. And yeah, that was the, that was the with like six brutal. seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, Oh God. Cause maybe if he could have at least established some control and then went up with it. Cause there really wasn't that many people around him, but he was kind of trying to be magical with right. it. It was like, right. dude, just the ball in the basket. Well, and that was the bad Wagner shot. I mean, he was wide open. There was six seconds oh, right. left. Was he was, what's that? That was his air ball. Yeah, exactly. And he was wide open his, you know, the last second shot, which I can't believe we even had a chance, you know, with 0.5 seconds left in that game. But, yeah, but it's, your defense uh, was tight late. That that's why you were still in it. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, it was fifty-one forty-nine. I mean, it was all defense. If yeah. you want, if you know, if we don't want to shit on all the offense. Then it was yeah. one of those, like you said, defensive struggle. LOL. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Ten points in eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> there goes my fucking over. So that's why I doubled down on the second half under. Ching. But uh, yeah. let's see. It's and and the thing is, it's disappointing because you know the final four is like a big deal. You know, you could hang a banner, like it is like whatever. You know, anything goes after that point. But they weren't beating Gonzaga, and UCLA yes, might P- lose. PJ, oh, PJ, oh boy, UCLA only hangs a banner if they yeah, win the championship. Okay. Well, good luck with that then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I think Saturday night we're looking at two blowouts. I don't see Houston hanging with Baylor at all. And I mean, if Gonzaga, like you said, 50 points, I mean, there's no way you see, I, I would never bet it because the, the spread's 13 and a half, but I don't, I mean, Gonzaga should easily win that game by double digits. Because well, like, yeah, they won't, they won't play into UCLA's like bullshit game. You know, UCLA is this cute little hustle team. But they literally have two players, Juzang and that that Yaquez, Yaquez kid. Well, yeah, Yaquez Jr. And, oh, and they're and they're 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 point guards, a little well, decent player. He's all, right. he's all right, but he's you know he's not going to cover the no. Zags. The Zags are on another level. Yeah, and what? So the Zags will do what Michigan 
looked Should've. like against you or against Florida State, but they'll actually do it. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, yeah, that I was, think, I that think was Saturday fun. it's gonna be a little underwhelming, but I believe it sets up for anyone that paid attention all year to college basketball, it sets up the exact matchup that people were wishing for in November, and that's Baylor Gonzaga. And if the NCAA can get that Monday night, which I think they will, then I think the tournament's a huge success. Yeah. Um, and then you have, and you know, hopefully it's a great game. I mean, I, I think that's the the everything NCAA could hope for right now. Um, I hope I, I know Gonzaga is going to beat UCLA, so you know it's a huge story because they keep harping on the undefeated and seventy yep. sixth Indiana Hoosiers was the last team that did it. And then I love how they keep bringing up all the stories of UNLV in the nineties because I mean that's why I you know until I denounced it this year was such a big Duke fan because it was that Bobby Hurley, Christian Leitner team. Yeah. And I got to see all those guys play in high school and stuff. And uh, Larry Johnson, uh, Anthony, and just that, that was, that was my introduction to college basketball, you know? Yeah, so I love how all that stuff great. comes full circle this year. I, I just, I really feel overall, this has been an amazing tournament. It's been the right sporting event to get us back to some sense of normalcy and uh, yeah, I'm I'm disappointed I'm, as I'm, obviously you are with Michigan losing. It would have been great to have them in the Final Four, but overall, uh, I think it's just been a typical solid uh, college basketball tournament. The only thing that's been missing missing is there was no buzzer beater. Technically, yeah, I'm trying. You know, I mean, yeah, we, so we didn't win, but that one game, but no. What did you say? Sorry, you cut out. There. Well, Arkansas had that one win where they it wasn't a buzzer beater but they you know they hit the game winner and then right. there was a miss the other way so well we had um but we did have the Alabama shot against UCLA on Sunday to, to go to OT to yeah to which OT, is crazy right. but you're right we so, didn't have there were i think there were a couple free throws here and there um you know like last second free throws to win games i think Oral Roberts had one of those um but yeah there wasn't that that one half court shot if you will um, right. Or the, remember that was the guy, the UCLA, was UCLA, the, uh, point guard was Tyus Edney who ran the court in 2.1, the layup. That was a, that's yeah. a memorable one. I don't forget. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Leitner is a big one. They keep showing that. Oh I mean, yeah. That was, that, that was, was one of my I most overrated, uh, sports plays of all time. Such a cock. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember where I am for that. It was such yeah. a great shit. It was great I, shit. I'm not saying that it was, I think it was, my thing is Leitner. So like you said, the Leitner shot. Leitner didn't do shit. Grand Hill's pass was better than Leitner's shot. Yeah. He was, he was commentating the other night and they were talking about it. Yeah. I heard <laughs> it it. He had actually blown that pass earlier in the season, which I didn't right. know. And they were, they were discussing that. It was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, other than that, uh, yeah, I didn't, you know, in general, you're absolutely right. This was, this was the tournament that we needed at this time. The, the non-fans thing does suck, but it is what it is. I think we got legitimate basketball. We had the one buy for Oregon, if you will. Um, now Which was you- annoying at the time, but if, but now getting to the final four, I mean, just being one where it's we're good right i mean it is what it is yeah and like you said i think if we get gonzaga baylor then everything else is 
Yeah, I mean, you're really watching. It's it's like watching Clemson, Alabama in football. I mean, yeah. you get your one and your two. You know, I mean, that's it. So, so in a way, the tournament does its job. Yeah. Now, if if Houston somehow wins, oh, there's I'm no gonna, way, dude. So they are. I saw this stat. They are the first team in the history of the NCAA tournament to make it to the Final Four by only beating double digit. Digit seeds, yeah, yeah. Which, Look, I have, I have like a vendetta against this team. Okay, I sat and watched their game against Rutgers. Was so frustrating because any other team in the nation would have fucking closed them out. And the, uh, uh, I should really have the names pulled up here, but the one guy that's like stellar on defense with the ponytail, he just kept flopping in the Rutgers game and he had a hip issue, which apparently has been non-existent now the last two rounds, but against Rutgers, he couldn't walk <laughs> and he kept checking in and checking out falling on the ground. And, you know, they were down the whole time and they were playing all the announcers are playing all this drama with all the injuries and, Oh, it's so fucking frustrating. And like I said, Rutgers needed one basket in the last five minutes and then they closed that team out. So what I've done since that game is bet against Houston every fucking round. <laughs> and, like I, they're not a very good shooting team, but they're uh, what you just said. They're beating all double-digit seeded teams. They're clearly playing teams that they're better than, so they're taking care of them, and that's why I. And again, I can't. Oh, I already bet. I mean, I bet heavy on Baylor minus five points. I mean, I, I would anticipate by tip off at five fifteen on Saturday that that line's at least at seven. I mean, it has to move. Baylor's dominant. Yeah, um, I just, I just, I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, Houston's a good defensive team, but they don't do anything special. I, I mean, and if I have to fucking see anything more about five slam a jamma, like, oh, I know, right? God, and I don't like Samson either. If I want to talk to Samson, like <laughs> get fucking him out of my face. He's he's another one. Oh, it's all rejuvenate his career. Oh, what a great job he's done in Houston. Well, the only reason he's in Houston is because he's been outed everywhere else. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. I I do not like their team at all. And that's the beauty of the tournament. <laughs> I, I, You're I, absolutely I right. Discuss this. The drama built by CBS and TNT and Nance is amazing. And you've got fucking Harlan and Iron Eagle, and all these guys. What a fantastic job, these guys. I mean, they can make me sit there and be interested when it's a 15-point game. And in my head, because of the way they're calling these games, I am like, well, there's absolutely a chance this team is going to come back. There's just no doubt about it. Now, for the most part, it has not happened in this tournament. But uh, Oregon State did do it the other night. And uh, I just that and, and that just I'm just kind of reiterating my point what I just said a few minutes ago about this is this is the NCAA tournament like we have gotten the drama we've gotten everything that it always provides for us and uh, it's got a lot to do with the announcers but just you know I mean two weeks ago I couldn't tell you two players on you could call out any team and I couldn't give you two names in the entire fucking tourney. And by the time you get to the Sweet 16, I've watched enough of this where I'm like, man, you know, I, I make proper bets because I've watched the teams play two rounds and 
I know matchups and it's just, it's fantastic. What, what an experience. Like I've had a great couple weeks here with this and I feel like I can sit down and actually discuss this with Chad C. The only problem is Chad C prefers this other trash, which is the NBA. <laughs> but uh, I'm sitting here. I've got it on in the background. Oh, you know? I have the Knicks. I actually have money on the Knicks under right now and I'm watching it too. What a, what a drastic difference in product yeah i'm watching same sport man dallas versus boston here well at least those are two decent teams i'm watching yeah, I mean, two it's, teams yeah i mean and luca's putting on a show which is great but it's there's no there's there's just no the, so when you watch the nfl what is it what's that I'm asking you, like, what is – because we both kind of have the same feeling about the NBA. I'm curious. The, like, the, the talent level is, is far superior. There's no question that the talent level of these players are significantly better. But it's, it's like we always talk about from going to watch college to the pros. I mean, it's like everything. Passes are tighter and, 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 and you know, guys are faster and all that. But – they're just – I was watching – and now I can't remember if it was the end of the Arkansas game or if it was that Houston-Oregon State game. There was a five-minute stretch when I think it was Arkansas where Arkansas literally was – oh, no, I think it was actually Alabama-UCLA. Alabama was struggling to keep up in the end of that game, but all that they were doing was coming down and running ISO. Just like the NBA, the whole time. They'd come down, they'd make one pass, they'd dribble through their legs three times, and they'd either either dribble drive or jack up a three. And I'm like, it's no wonder you guys are fucking losing. You're not good enough to do that, like the NBA players, and it's terrible basketball. It's just brick after brick after brick. And maybe that's where Chad... Maybe that's the difference. If you like that style of basketball, then the NBA is where you want to be. Yeah, I think that style of basketball <clears throat> allows the like the true star to shine, right? Because you get mm-hmm. ISO, you get you know clear four, go everybody clears down towards the baseline, and you go one on one. And NBA is also for the majority. I mean, I'll I'll tell you the next time I see a zone in the NBA, but it's all one on one, right? So it's yeah. You know, the LeBrons of the world and the Anthony Davises and Luca and stuff. I mean, just like, all right, let's ISO. Like you said, all right, well, everybody swing right. Let's have him take. The- yeah. So I think that's probably what it is. I mean, because when yeah. you watch a team like Gonzaga, oh, my God, dude, Gonzaga last night. Dude, yeah, they put on a clinic of. Unbelievable. That guy, Timmy, is just unbelievable. He just takes the ball, backs you down. That's it. Like it. It. it I watch him play, and I'm like, this is how Law would take Chad C down. He just <laughs> can back him down, bump him back, secure but, the fucking box, turn around and stuff it in your face. But the thing yeah. is, is it's they don't <laughs> they don't just they just they don't, don't they don't just dribble down the court and then just throw it into the low block. They literally run motion offense or whatever whatever offense, the cut and weave, whatever offense they run for 10, 15 seconds until they get the matchup they want. Then they dump it down low and then they get a clean bucket. Yeah. You know, where the NBA, 
I'm NBA watching Luca like dribble between his legs. He sw- yeah, up and down the court. Yeah, he swings to swings to the left wing, and then they swing it back to him, and he he puts up a uh, you know 37 footer, and he makes it, and it's like, woo, Luca, you're so good. And you know, well, they, and they play defense yeah, for five too. minutes. It's like they don't miss three pointers. No. So that's that's where I mean that's what that's where I can confidently say, man, it's obviously more talented. Right. in the NBA. But and if that's what you like, that's what you got. The uh and I I, I hate Houston, but watching them break the Syracuse defense with patience was actually impressive because they would work the entire shot clock and they would get the ball into the middle and then like Syracuse would their five guys would just converge on the guy in the middle because it was like, "Well, this guy was never supposed to get the ball in our zone." And then he would get it, he would turn around, there'd be some dude coming from the corner onto the baseline. It was like an easy two every time. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it's calculating and it's interesting to watch because you're kind of like, oh, look at that. Okay, they figured it out. Yeah. yeah and I mean, it's always man in the NBA. It's always man. I'm watching it right now. I'm like watching Ricky Rubio try to fucking guard Barrett. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. This was a good draft pick. Shut the fuck up. Let's go next. I thought and and this is this is me. I thought there is there not a rule. This is me doing research on the zone defense. I don't know that. Maybe you can't play it. Yeah. No, it just says that the defense of three seconds makes it more difficult. Difficult for yeah, yeah, yeah. like a one three one. Yeah, because the guy in the middle can't really. Yeah. Yep. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and I think the shooters are too good, probably for his own defense. You know, like it just it just wouldn't work. Well, yeah, you just keep freeing somebody up on the wing. That's just like I just saw Andre Drummond on the Lakers. I had no idea he got traded to the Lakers. Well, there you go. It's a big old money uh, contract that the Pistons no longer have. But again, um, I think TM we have talked about basketball. Far too long. Sure. <laughs> no. You want to keep talking about the NBA? What else? No, wait, let's not. Let's talk about some fucking baseball. Home fucking people listen to this. It's opening day. Very excited. I'm looking that for a sound. Not even, I don't have that a sound. Towns did not even fucking leave his feet and just hit a three-pointer from like five feet behind. The, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got to change the channel. This is the last night of my year. That there won't be a baseball game on TV. I'm very excited about it. The, the background baseball is is the best. Oh, it's the best. the best. Dude, I don't have a sounder, TM. I don't have a sounder for baseball. All right, listen. Can we we get a lot of weird Lindor's countering with 385. I mean, you know. Listen, here's the story. Tomorrow is opening day. Tomorrow I am blowing up a seven-foot New York Mets home run apple inflatable on my front lawn. It is going to be awesome. Fucking I mean, a. It's perfect. I paid $150 for this fucking thing as a joke. Wow. And wife said no. But tomorrow I get the yes because it's opening day. So look for the pictures on the gram, baby. It's wow. going to be awesome. Wow. Wowza. Oh, oh my I god, and now he's dead. Like trashiest shit ever. It's like it's, it's like you. trashy Christmas decorations, but it's going up April 1st. Oh dude, that's <laughs> my favorite. I drive to 
like pick up my or drop my kids off at my parents' house and somebody in their neighborhood has a 25 foot tall Santa. Yeah. He's literally as tall as their house. I'm like, that thing's awesome. Everything else is stupid, but that thing's awesome. Yeah. We, me and my wife always shit on the inflatables and stuff, but there's always a few you see and it's like, all right, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I like, like the ones like where it. the air continuously blows in them to keep them upright. Yeah. The one I have, this is like a legitimate, like we could jump in the pool with this one. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. You'll see it. Very excited. Uh, so Very. you guys play what? Seven o'clock. You guys a night game tomorrow. Did I see? We're in Washington, 7 p.m. Yeah, weather permitting. So there's actually a chance that it doesn't happen because there's some weird weather happening around here. But the Yankees are at one. Garrett Cole's pitching. So I'll be, I'm off tomorrow. So I'll be checking in on that. I just can't wait. I just can't wait for 162 games of baseball. Cannot yeah, wait. I, Hopefully. It's, I, I'll be all about it for about a week. And then I'll be like, man, this baseball's on again. But we'll see. It's uh, it depends. I like it as long as I, I, I can't be in the middle of being invested. Like I need the Tigers to blow, or I need them to be good. But your your son's nine, right? I mean, yeah. oh. definitely take him to some games. Yeah, I we will a hundred percent do that. Okay, I just have found myself over the years with the meddling, you know. Uh, Tigers like caring too much about them losing a game in the middle of May that I, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, you can't be like that. But you know be. what? I mean, it's it's such a it's it's such a summer thing. It I I just I just need it like on my TV. I mean, we have we have our beach house at the Jersey Shore. I you know like where everyone's outside of the pool, listening to music and stuff, and I'm always like peeking in the window. At whatever game it is, like I just—it's all part of just warm weather. Eight months of you know spring, summer, fall. I mean, my team always sucks anyway. I mean, if I was a Yankee fan, I'd have more of a legitimate argument to why I care year round. But I mean, hey, let's go Mets. You know, we get new ownership. We have Lindor. We have Degrom again. I mean, I'm very excited. I can't. Uh, I can't wrap my head around the numbers in this. Uh, Lindor negotiation. So yeah, it's what did you what did you say? So you guys offered. All right, so we offered three... ten years, three twenty five. He counters with twelve years, three eighty five. So what does that compare? Thirty two to what? Thirty. I don't even know. I can't do the math. He just wants another two years, essentially, at the same price. Basically, all right. So he's based. He's. I think he's twenty seven. So he's basically looking to be contracted for the rest of his career <laughs> you know i mean if you will to 39 you know 39 40 if you will um but what's going on is so they offered 325 he counters and then it was I, I believe it was friday night him and our new owner steve cohen went out to dinner in new york and cohen's like posting some weird tweets i really wasn't a part of it and uh so I can't really comment on what was actually said, but the bottom line is Lindor had said once he was signed, there I will not go through contract negotiations during the season. That was always like the first mm-hmm. thing he said. So, I mean, at this point, what is it? 10 o'clock on Wednesday, we've got 21 hours 
for them to strike a deal. I mean, what are the they, and they like it was said on Monday that there would be no discussion on Tuesday. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. Bottom line is, you know, it doesn't look good for there to be a deal before the kickoff of opening day. Isn't feeling the tingles. Maybe he's not. But listen, here, I mean, how do we want to look at this? Okay, so you've got the the Mets fan base, if you go by social media, kind of losing their mind a little bit. Kind of saying, fuck this guy, we'll boo him at City Field. How dare he ask, you know, how like how do you not accept 325? And I I understand that argument, but at the same time, he's probably looking for Mookie Betts money. Uh, maybe he's not necessarily Mookie Betts. So, but somebody. You know, will, the I, thing is, somebody will pay him. Well, that's that's kind of my concern. Is you don't pay him now, he has a monster year. He's not going to be signed here, right? But then again, if Steve Cohen's sitting back and saying, "All right, if you honestly think you're worth three eighty five, show me three eighty five. You know, be a uh, MVP candidate." Get us deep into the playoffs or better. You know, let's see what you got. I'm not really that upset about it. Um, I don't know. I just, because, you know, a free agent's a free agent. I mean, Scott Boris isn't his uh, agent, so I'm kind of feeling a little better about at least that fact. Scott Boris is Michael Conforto's agent, which is another guy I think we need to sign. So, hey, look. Play the season. If he honestly says, though, listen, contract negotiations can happen after the season, then I, my biggest concern is that the New York me- media, like, fucks it all up. You know, I don't want him to have an awful year playing here because of this. Like, this is just this is just business. You know, this has nothing to do with what happens on the field. He was traded. We didn't sign him. So, and we got Carrasco too. So look, let's just play. Like I'm excited about the team. I think our lineup can score a lot of runs. Please score runs when DeGrom pitches, you know? And uh, I I just, I don't want to hear this all year. If it's May and this is all they're talking about, we're going to have shows where I'm going to just be complaining the entire time because I don't care for this. Like let the guy play. We actually have two shortstop. Well, actually we have one because we traded Jimenez in the DL for Lindor. But there's another stud in our farm system that's like 19, 20 years old that, I mean, he can have the position too. You know, the money can always go elsewhere. It's not like this guy's not going to spend it. So that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, yes, I want him signed. Of course I do. The thing is, who cares? It's baseball. Like if you have a, if you're the Yankees, do you care how much your guys, what, what your contracts are signed for? There's no, there's no salary cap. So if your team's willing well, to pay you to is, win, I what you mean? Yeah, this guy. But he, they're trying to. The Mets are apparently staying under the luxury tax this year. I guess it's kind of like a good faith move or something. But Cohen has basically said he's like, yeah, we're going to stay under it this year. He's like, but if I, if if we see the opportunity to go over it next year, we're not going to just go over it by five million. He's like, we're going to fucking go over it. So yeah. I mean, all of it's all the the talk is good. It's all there, you know. I don't know. Everybody's getting so everybody's getting so caught up in it. I mean, yeah, Lindor is great, man, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm not going to lose my mind over it. I think we got a lot of great pieces here. I mean, Alonzo's a stud. Degrom's the best pitcher in baseball. Hopefully, Syndergaard comes back 
and is dominant because if he isn't, then I don't want him to get any money. Get him the fuck out of here. But I mean, Dom Smith is unbelievable. Like there's a lot of good here, but the, the thing is, is be in contention in the beginning of July and this guy's going to trade out his ass to get to the playoffs. You know, like I know we're in that position so I can be confident this year. Like, you know, don't just lose 20 of your first 30 and we're in it. Yeah. And that, the thing is with the big time contracts, they're fine. They're fine for five to six to seven years. And then it's like you get to year seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. when Lindor's then just a. He's Bobby Bonilla part two. A DH or not on the squad or you know what I mean? Like it's, I it's, it's what we're dealing with Cabrera right now. Cabrera's still got three years on his deal. Unbelievable. But at least he's still playing. We got Baba Bonilla getting a million dollars a year every June 1st. The guy hasn't seen a field in 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that, you know, that that's like nothing. That's like paying, you know, that's like paying it, your gym it, membership for, for the three years that you don't go. Right, right. Where we're paying for, you know, a lifetime fitness once a month. Bobby Bonilla is, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla is like Planet Fitness and Cabrera is like Lifetime Fitness. <laughs> Neither getting used. One's a hundred dollars a month. One's ten dollars a month. So I heard. I I thought about you earlier today. This guy calls up the uh, WFN Sports Radio in New York, and he says, "And I'm not going to get this right, but he he lists off like eight to ten Major League Baseball teams: the Royals, uh, the Rays, the Red Sox teams." Like I was like for a minute, I'm like, "Oh, all teams that start are right." Then he mentioned the Tigers. And somebody else, and, and he's like, what do all these teams have in common? And, you know, the, the hosts are like, can you just tell us? Right. And he goes, but the Tigers were on the list. And he's like, in the last 15 years, all these teams have had uh, have been in the World Series more than the Yankees. <laughs> and I was like, boom, nice. I mean, that that's kind of impressive. Right. I mean, that's something to say for your Tigers, right? You know, I mean, I don't, you were building, I don't, you're building now, but I mean, at least you've had some excitement. No, dude, I don't. I have no problem. It's like the wing, the Red Wings are rebuilding. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, who cares? I'm saying like anybody who like complains about the wings. I mean, we made the playoffs for 35 years in a row. <laughs> yeah, like, for real. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, it's okay. We can have a couple of years, you know, and, and it's the same with, I mean, every one of our teams except the Lions has had a championship in the last yeah 15 years 17 years now which you know a lot of towns can't even say so um i don't know we'll see it's uh i'm excited you're absolutely right um i'm excited to 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 see and watch baseball uh here in detroit uh it was 70 degrees yesterday tuesday and opening day tomorrow yes high of 37 I know, yeah. <laughs> Our fucking high is terrible. That's why I don't. I mean, and they're not even in New York, the Mets. But I don't even think they're going to play tomorrow. I think he's getting pushed till Friday. That's, I think it's supposed to be sunny here, which is going to make you know. But it'll be interesting because I think we are at most. I think most cities, at least with brains, are at twenty percent capacity. Yes. Yeah. Where I think in Miami, they're at. That was my favorite tweet. Was. Hey, uh, Miami Marlins are opening up their uh, stadium capacity to, you know, 40%. 
So they're hoping to get more than the average that they had all of last year. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's the fucking best. Uh, but we'll see, man. I, I'm very excited. I'm excited to get some uh, some nice weather, be able to sit out on you know the porch with you know the 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 Roku TV and turn it on and just have something on in the background that I care about because fuck the NBA and just watch some baseball. I mean, there's nothing better around the fire pit, watch some baseball and enjoy, man. That's it. Hey, um, just while we talk about scheduling and stuff, I just had a thought. So the NFL adding the 17th game, you know about this? Yes or no? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's what every NFL player said to the NFL. Well, I kind of excited about it because the Dolphins 17th game was added at home against the Giants. Oh, see, I didn't know. So they released the schedule. I didn't even see that. They released opponents. Oh, I never saw that. So I reached out to. Well, I just I just kind of caught it through Dolphins tweets and stuff. And I was like, oh, I texted all my giant friends. I'm like, hey, so does this mean we get a weekend away? And everyone's like, we deserve it. Yeah. So if my parents want to watch my kid, I know Carrie will go. I'd love to go down to Giants Miami in Miami. It means there's a lot of New Yorkers there. That That's actually something that might happen. Is it but, um, – they haven't, they haven't made the schedules yet. So you don't know when that 17th opponent – like when you're playing that 17th opponent. Yeah, we don't find that out till probably June. Right. I think this yeah. does come out around June, yeah. Oh, we added – I'm looking right now. The Denver Broncos. Daniel Jones, he's a puss. <laughs> but uh, speaking of football and my Miami Dolphins, so since our last show, the uh, we trade-raped a few teams, including the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Dude, we talked about – Deshaun Watson last week. Stop. I'm not talking about Watson. I'm talking about trading oh. the three for the 12. No, I know. We were for... talking about rape. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, oh, hey, good call. <laughs> Two. Good one. <laughs> Where is that guy even going to be at this point? It's amazing how the media and the owner of the Houston Texans can just destroy one person. <laughs> it's on week. So I was reading today just to stay on this topic a little bit. So 21 lawsuits. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, 21 lawsuits now. But oh my God. I knew when it was 13. Holy yeah. shit. Two more, two, a couple more today, two or three or something. Um, but I was reading a little bit on it and his, his lawyers, the his his defense lawyers, have I don't know a hundred and no, it's eighteen masseuses with like a hundred and thirty visits who have all come out and said that he's you know never been a you know anything but a model citizen, if you will. Um, and the thing that I took out of that was like 130 massages. Like this guy's got something wrong. Like I've had like four in my life. Like, let's go, dude. Find something else to get your rocks off. Sorry, but. <laughs> I don't it's, know. yeah, it's, I mean. 
That just sounds like morning routine if it's that many numbers. I mean, yeah. It's, I, don't, it's on, I, I honestly don't believe any of it. I mean, there is... Listen, I don't want to get into anything more than... I'm sure there were situations where it was maybe went too far one way, maybe and too far the other way, right? And there's some that there's buyer's remorse and there's some that probably were forced into it. Like there is probably a lot of this and I'm sure there's truth to a lot of it. And I'm sure the dude's a scumbag because all dudes are scumbags. If, if this is the topic of conversation that we're actually sitting here having right now, then yeah. I mean, you know, for, for what it's worth and for what you think about that type of behavior, then uh, I mean, yes. Yeah, we, don't have to, we don't have to have the conversation, dude. I, I'm not I worried said, about it. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I've gotten massages before. If we're, if we're starting to talk about the, you know, happy ending and all that kind of stuff. Well, then what the fuck is a guy that makes $50 million a year having to do that shit for? Dude, guys are fucking insane. Like brains on brains are just, it doesn't matter. You can be, you could be, I mean, look at Robert Kraft. Like, why is he going into Asian parlors to get his, like he could clearly just pay whatever he wants to anybody to come to his room and sign an NDA and, you know, tickle his pickle. But he decides he's got to go down to, like, the Clint, street corner. Clint. Yeah, but, I mean, I think it's different. I think Robert Kraft is different than Deshaun Why? Watson. Why? I mean, I, Why? I because Deshaun Watson is a superstar who won a national championship and is on an NFL team probably has chicks hanging off his belt buckle. You know, Robert Kraft. That's true. You're right. I'd have money and own an NFL team, but he's also 60, 70 years old. And, you know, there is not vaginas hanging off him. You know You're what right. I mean? Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. Deshaun Watson could go out any night of the week and tap, oh, tap some ass for no issue whatsoever. Dude, I'll never forget uh, during the heyday, like mid 90s of the Devils when Brodor, they were winning all the mm-hmm. Stanley Cups and. I was probably 17, 18, and two of my buddies and I went to a game, and we went out. My one friend was like, come on, let's go hang out by the player's lot. Let's go hang out by the player's lot. I'm like, all right, whatever. So we're out in the lot, and out comes Brodor, and he's just literally got two hot-ass chicks on either arm. Like, they look like Russian whores. Like, I don't know how else to say it. And they probably were. And he's like, hey, boys. <laughs> and he fucking signs a couple of our shit and we're laughing and drooling over the chicks like we couldn't believe it. And then he just disappears. And it's like, OK, <laughs> we see how it is. I mean, give me a break. You know, like, obviously, that's how it is. There's just broads hanging all over these guys. Deshaun Watson has got the pick of the litter. Yeah. So. I really do feel there could be some type of a scandal with like somebody in the Houston 
like upper echelon of the organization. I knew you were going to go there because that's you are the conspiracy theorist of well, this show. I don't know, because the only reason I say that is because it's like, you know, their best player is trying to check out. Like, what do you what what else could you do when he says he's not going to play? You got to try to expose him for something else. No, I mean, it is 2021. I don't know. I I don't know. know. It's It's, it's very (laughs) soap opera, daytime television. I understand that. But it's weird, you know, and now we're we're how many we're three less than four weeks from the draft. This guy was supposed to be traded. He's still not it. I feel like he's not going to be. And now with all the allegations, who the hell is going to trade for? Yeah, absolutely. Which I actually am comfortable with because I, you know, listen, and everyone always says, oh, you're so sold on Tua, blah, blah, blah. Well, listen, at this point, I'd rather roll with Tua. Yeah, if anything, it's it's been a, a, a good thing for your Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the trading the three. So we trade out from the three yeah. to sorry, the 12. Sorry, yeah, yeah we, we completely I, – I, I'm sorry, I completely uh, – you know, yeah, but PJ, I think your, this, your... but this, but we've, we're having the conversation. I right. think this has, I think the Watson situation does have everything to do with it. Right. But you got to hear the Jet fans around here. They're just like, oh my God. Well, the Niners trade up to three. It's the same offense. What do they know that we don't know? Why are they so comfortable sitting back? Oh, it's great, dude. That's Everybody's awesome. losing their minds. So the Jet pick now has become this unbelievable unicorn it's like what are they gonna do oh it's gonna be gonna take it's unbelievable like it's gonna be scrutinized like no matter what happens so if the jets whoever the jets take it doesn't matter and the 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 niners take they knew all along they knew all along the other guy it doesn't matter right the other guy will always be the right guy because it wasn't the jets (laughs) oh it's a disaster and i and Listen, now we're out of the top five, so now we're at six. So I'm I'm kind of like, all right. So we just acquired more draft capital. We went to twelve. We we fooled San Fran. Now we fool Philly. So now we're at six. So we're basically sitting there for Chase. I would think is what they're thinking of doing. And I keep asking all the Jet fans, well, how many quarterbacks are actually going to go in the top five? Four. I'm like four. So Wilson. Well, obviously, we know who's going one with Lawrence. Yep. So Fields, Wilson, and I forget who the other Trey guy is. Oh, uh, Jones. Or no, so I, think it's, I think it's Lance, Mac, right? Mac Jones. No, well, Mac Jones and the BYU kid. Yeah, but I, I'm i hearing people are saying that Trey Lance, the young kid from, what is it, North Dakota State? <laughs> please, please draft him. Anybody in front of us. Just give us more options. Are you kidding me? Is this really a good draft class? I think we've seen much better draft classes than this. I think Lawrence is the only legitimate number one in this draft, like first rounder. The, the guy from BYU reminds me of fucking and, – and actually uh, Mac Jones too. These guys look like Daniel Jones from the yeah. Giants. Yeah. Are you really going to draft that guy? Well, I'm looking right here. So this like NFL article from a couple of days ago, four round 2021. It's like Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Like, what are we really talking about right now? Everybody needs to relax. 2021 I'm- NFL mock draft 2.0. 49ers pounce on Trey Lance at number three. 
Because because there's no way he go obviously goes in the first ten picks. Why would they move? I don't. Oh my god! No, he this, would go. He would be somebody I'd be okay with the Lions taking because he is like a prospect, you know, coming from. At, at what number do you have? What seven? I never heard of this guy, yeah, Trey the, Lance. Yeah, he's from North Dakota State. I never heard of North Dakota State. To <laughs> be honest, what are you talking about right now? What's yes, happening? Yes, dude. Trey Lance, oh, like this is. Stop. You have Jared Goff. You're on. You're on your way. Oh yeah, yeah. We hey, we restructured his contract, baby. Come on. No, no. Anyway, it's not Mac Jones. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. So the big thing is right. It says even in this article, it says the X factor of round one is Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. I don't know. I will say that I hit. Every week, uh, Alabama first half spread, and the offense was amazing. My thing is, all right, so if Miami traded down to 12 to get back to six, I just think they want to take this chase uh, wide receiver because probably him and Smith will be gone in the top 10. I think Smith's, you know, obviously he's a Heisman Trophy winner, but he's, I don't like his size. He's small. You know, he's 5'10". So my other thing is, as a Dolphins fan, like I want to be excited if it, if they go Jamar Chase, but I never saw the kid play. I mean, he, he took the whole year off. So I have a very hard and, – and the same thing with Sewell, the Oregon lineman. So as a Dolphin fan, I just, I'm just kind of like, all right, just do the right thing. You know, take, take the best available at the positions that you need. And at 18 – I hope uh, we get what's his face, the, uh, the running back from Alabama, because <laughs> I really want him. But I, I don't know. You know, it, it's it's a hard knowing a little more than normal about college football. I still don't know what they're thinking, but they clearly have a plan, and they just keep manipulating. I mean, they've manipulated the Laramie Tunsil uh, pick into. I don't know, four or five number ones at this point. I mean, he's, he's the greatest dolphin to never play on the team. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Thank you for smoking a gas mask in college. I did it too. That, but it still it didn't get me as much as well, actually it has get, it is getting me about as much as I needed. Cause go dolphins <laughs> still to this day. I remember going up, you know, up to that draft. Like that is like my favorite image of the draft ever. Oh, is this huge mammoth, you know, black wide uh, uh, offensive lineman sitting on his couch pulling off a gas mask. God bless him. Hey, listen, we've all done it, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't it's know amazing. what you're talking about. I've done it. That image yeah, still. Hey, listen. White t-shirt. Like, it just, it's awesome. So awesome. It is awesome. It's crazy. And, I mean, that being said, amen three weeks to the NFL draft. Can't fucking wait. Yeah. So, what, what, what I laughed about with the that day last Wednesday or whatever it was was working text from Chad and you know he he's on top of it saying oh dolphins trading out and you're like whoa whoa what, what? you know and blah blah and then yeah, literally like <laughs> an hour later like dolphins back at 6 and you're like wait what you know like it was they had they have a plan in place they knew what they were doing and yes. 
it's it's going to be very interesting. I hope you guys take a wide receiver so that the Lions don't take one at oh, seven. That's, that's right. We moved one pick in front of you. That yes. Oh my God. We can't. I can't wait to do live draft night for the podcast. Please, <laughs> please take a wide receiver. Please. No, I think we will. Honestly, I th- I think because when we got to twelve, I was like, all right. So they think Smith will fall to twelve, and then. Back to six, I'm like, all right, they want Chase. Because if four QBs are going, then there's going to be a defensive player and an offensive lineman. I I would take the offensive lineman, honestly. But uh, Well, at that point, you're going to get – and that's when we're sitting where we're sitting. We're going to get, like, the best of the best of whatever we take. Especially right. like you, same you with you, have right? To take best available at that position because a lot yeah. of kooky shit's going to happen. Yeah, and whether that's a, a D end or a wide receiver or an offensive lineman, that right there, I mean, you've got four quarterbacks, offensive lineman, D end, wide receiver. That's seven right there. How do you feel about Galladay going to the Giants? Not how do you feel. I, I pretty much think you knew he wasn't going to be on your team, but. Do you think he's overpaid? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you too. I think they fucking blew it. I, you'll see. I don't. He's. Um, there was an article that came out here in Detroit where, um, our GM, you know, he was asked about because we we didn't sign Marvin Jones. Like we had a we had a legit like one two combo with Marvin Jones and and Galladay, and he was asked the question, why didn't they? resign them and he said we're gonna get guys that run the best routes that are the toughest on the field and can get open or something like that and so I read this article about it was pro football focus and both Galladay and Marvin Jones both were in the bottom third of receivers of getting separation and they're both really high on the list of catching contested balls, but neither of them are great route runners. And I think, I think Galladay is a very high paid, like one, I don't, I don't want to say one trick oh, pony, but I, like, I was say he's kind of a two receiver. Yeah, exactly. So I it's between the injuries and yeah, the lack of separation, which I mean, I don't, I didn't know it to dictate it that way, but I think the yeah. statistics preach that. So it's just kind of like, yeah, if you sat with him for two years in fantasy, you know, it's like, Oh, he's nice, but yeah. he's not one. And then Marvin Jones can be very nice or he could be nothing. And to me, that makes him a three. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I think, yeah. I think Marvin Jones will be a steal for somebody. Cause as a two, you don't need to, you know, like your lack of separation or like he's got one of the best, like he has some of the best body control of anybody uh, being able to go up and get balls, contested throws, but he's not, you know, He's not DeAndre Hopkins, and he's not, you know, I don't know whoever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say Michael Thomas, and 
then he's shit the bed this year. So I don't like him anymore. Yeah, so it's almost like a, it's like you want to name him as like the top receiver, but, but that's, and that's the thing with receivers. I can't, I am done overpaying receivers because it's, it's the next guy up the next year. Well, I think you just named the top two who took huge steps back last year, injury or, whatever new team it doesn't matter i mean yeah th- those are like the two Ooh. so that's why i think Devonte adams is the number one at this point just because he's done it three years in a row and with who he's sitting there with too well he's with rogers yeah. yeah with that but even still that team still is desperate for a number two like desperate the packers need a number two who does number two work for uh <laughs> He had a poop? All right, we'll take a pee break. <laughs> a pee break. <laughs> pee break, Zona. Uh, pee break, Anything else in, in the uh, NFL free agency? I, I don't think there was anything. We talked some a little bit on the uh, the group text about Sammy Watkins signing with the, the Ravens. Literally, Sammy Watkins is like, he, he might as well be Marvin Jones. It's like not news to me. The guy's not anything. Like, how is that news? I, I just learned that. Right now, <laughs> I had no idea, and it doesn't mean anything to me. He was my wife hates him so much when he was a Bill that every time he's on the the screen for the Chiefs, she's just like, "Fuck that guy!" <laughs> so that's all. That's all I got to know about him. He sucks. He drops so many balls too. I I mean, when he was a Bill, he probably caught twenty percent. I mean, he was terrible. So get him out of here. Oh, he, here's the I, one I, thing. Get, I get get. Get some passes from a guy who can't throw. Have a good career. Like, get the, out of here. Uh, God, I hope Tua doesn't turn out like Lamar. <laughs> like my biggest fear. <laughs> the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed all of their free agents for less money than the Philadelphia Eagles are paying Carson Wentz, who doesn't pay lay for them. That is a fact? Yes. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Tampa's going to win the Super Bowl again. So Godwin got tagged. Shaq Barrett they signed. Levante David they signed. Uh, Fournette they signed. Gronkowski they signed. Brady you restructured. Know, you know what? Let's, let's, let's think about this for a second, though. This could be an opportunity... Let's see what like let's see the number Vegas puts out. If Vegas puts them out at like over 10 wins, this could be an opportunity to take the under. I mean, really, how many teams dominate two years in a row? I just I, the hardest thing I think in all of sports is to win yeah, back to back like, Super Bowls. I mean, I I mean, I could have told you last September I would be surprised if the Chiefs didn't win again. And we saw how that played out. So and that's football, you know, like, all right, somebody gets hurt. They almost lost to the Browns. It just gets weird. But, uh, yeah. I'm looking no. through right now all the, the free agent signings. There was not not a whole lot of movement. Uh, you know, the, the Patriots made a lot of moves. They signed Hunter Henry and um, who's the tight end from uh, Tennessee? Johnu Smith. So, they got, yeah, two tight ends. Two tight ends. Um Couple offensive linemen, Aguilar, and yeah. I forget it was the guy from Burn Brown Burn. The guy from San Fran was the other uh, wide receiver they signed. 
But Aguilar would be the more popular of the two, if you will, which is nobody uh, special. Which is, right. I was going to say. Yeah. But it's a huge – listen, that being said, it's a huge upgrade from what they had. They they did upgrade their two receiving positions. Oh, yeah. I mean, but who were there? That, that, nobody, it was nobody last year, so – I'll never get past the financial difference in contracts for Cam Newton. Like getting a million last year to he gets 14 million this year. I, 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 I just don't get it. Who knows? And Dak signed with the Cowboys, which, you know, I mean, as long as it was just a bone and not some sort of ligament damage, I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. And, you know, the Cowboys, they don't want to be left with nobody or with question marks. Let's just put it this way. Everybody who won a fantasy championship last year probably didn't have Dak Prescott on their team to start the season. So enjoy it because whoever had Dak in your league was going to win. The guy was putting up like 400 plus yards a week and like three plus touchdown fantasy points were like out of control. So if he, if he can sustain that, I mean, only has to be 16 weeks <laughs> for fantasy. Right. I was going to say, but yeah. well, but, but, come on, the guy, it, he was on pace to destroy everything. So let's see. Be, it was uh, a bullshit injury too, right? I mean, it was, it was a soft injury. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, it was simple. Nothing. No yeah, major, right. no major issue whatsoever. Yeah. So not let's gross say, at all. That that's, I'd say that's a top five like storyline to start the season. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Tampa, Miami dominating, of course. And, Tua. Uh, <laughs> Tua. And, and Stafford uh, at the Rams. Yeah, Stafford will be a big, uh, big Can't wait thing. To see. Yeah, the Rams offense should be a lot improved next year. Anybody but Goff. So let's see what happens. I would say. I, I just think that's been an opinion. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's something to say. All right, let's um. What's that? I said, let's get out of here. I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, last thing though, so Masters two weeks away. Very excited. Very gonna, excited. We'll talk about it next week. Masters preview next week. It's the only reason we're doing a show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fuck the Final Four. Fuck the uh, <clears throat> national championship. Mets better be over 500, or I'm not doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear today. Speaking of golf, that the LA. County uh, Sheriff's Department is not releasing information on the Tiger Woods crash. Oh, I can't wait for this. Yeah. And I don't, it's, I was reading like the lawyer or they, whoever it was like Newsweek or somebody had asked, you know, a college professor who said, uh, it's really strange because apparently the LAPD reached out to Tiger and his lawyers to to ask permission to release the information on the crash, like the black box and what the cause of the crash was. And there has been no, um, I guess release information allowed at this point. All right. So what, all right. As far as I know, from what I've heard, from what I've checked in on, uh, he left the hotel in a huff, basically, if you yeah, will, yeah, right? Yep, I heard that. Yep, and jumped in the car and sped off. What I so heard, no details of what was going on inside, which had to be at the hotel bar, unless 
you know, somebody threw him out of the room, blah, blah, blah. Right. What I heard around the time of the crash was something along the lines of one of the sheriffs or, or investigators said something like, this is a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a, a case, a classic case of falling asleep at the wheel. Like essentially, because there's this curve that he, it's a, it's a, it's a boulevard, a separated or, or a divided road with a, you know, boulevard, a median in the middle. And he essentially, and there's a curve or whatever. And he essentially like hit it doing however fast and you know, nobody knows and didn't seem to turn or anything like that. And I think that's why this guy said it's a classic case of falling asleep at the wheel. Now I hear falling asleep at the wheel and to me it's whether it's pain pills, alcohol or drug induced, you know, ambient right. and whatever. Right. That's, right. that's so, and, and nobody will ever know cause they'll never, I shouldn't say never, but they, because nothing happened in terms of anybody else, I don't think that they can, I mean, I, I guess if they were going to charge him, but his first, um, public embarrassing situation is like the same thing. Right, right. But since nobody else was hurt... A three-hour HBO fucking documentary of oh, the company. You watched it. I never I never watched the... Oh, yeah. We watched it. Well, we get, because I put it on, and when my wife walked in the room, she, it was a good point. She goes, oh, this is cool. And I got to play. We watched it all in one night straight through. But... You know it. You said to me, you're like, I think I know all that. We do. We know, You know yeah. everything that came out in that. The only sure. thing that was interesting really was post-scandal uh, with the wife, blah, 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 was just like the background comeback information. And then just seeing him win the Masters again, you know, again, it was just like, ah, oh, this is just so good. And my wife had never seen it. She was like, this is great. So it's very well put together, but fucking what? I don't know. Six weeks after it came out, he fucking crashes again. Like it's so weird. And like yeah. now, and we, so now, I mean, now we get to sit back and go. Like I could turn to you and say, "You think he's going to come back again?" <laughs> because that's the, like that. It's like they're setting up for the fucking trilogy ender. It's fucking. It's like Rocky. It's how weird. Old, I mean, how old is he? He's mid forties, 45, young enough to come back and do it again. And I, I'm just saying he's, he's almost, he's almost at the, the level of the seniors tour, man. 50. Right. I mean, no, but yes, but no, I mean, he's still chasing a number. Did we talk about this last week about Ricky Fowler? That uh, Ricky Fowler's not, the, yeah. The cut, right? yeah, he's not playing at the Masters, which is fucked yeah. up, dude. Well, I think it's because he has been uh, too involved with his promotion of his uh, new ready-to-drink called Long Drink. It's a uh, finished cocktail. It's a citrus soda with a gin kick, 5.5% uh, alcohol. Uh, it's sold exclusively in the state of New Jersey by yours truly and uh i do believe he's too involved in his uh outside uh liquor sales career to uh make the masters so ow, ow, ow. Yeah, you know, 
Yeah, well, it's disappointing he can't play in the tourney. It's uh, doing wonders for my paycheck. So Boner. That's right. Oh, it's uh, him and uh, – drop the ball here. I already did because I forget. Oh, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Oh. And Ricky mm-hmm. Fowler filming pictures and stuff um, out in Finland instead of concentrating on their careers, which is – like I said, it's fine with me. So neither of them are doing anything is what you're telling me, except selling and drinking spirits. Yes. So Lee Westwood, I think, wins this year. What do you think? Top 10? Definitely a top 10. He's on fire. I mean, maybe. Depends. I I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't heard are like what if they're what's what's the deal with Augusta? Are they doing any are they are, you know. They, are they lengthening it anymore? I mean, I obviously they wouldn't have in the COVID times, but everything with Bryson and anyway, we can talk about this next week. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. What I a care. fucking I asshole! <laughs> that guy sounded really smart. Who was that guy? Yeah. Oh boy. All right, let's get That's out of here. Fun. Let's go. I'm drunk. Go fuck yourself. It's the type of shit that, like, makes You've been listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network at BingeMedia.net. Support the show by donating on Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And don't forget... Shut up! I'm waiting. Hey, check it next week for our golf special. Good one.